Well, good morning. This is episode 35 of Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Andy Littleton, and I'm here with my buddy Eric Seepin, and we are jumping into a discussion this morning on uh, such things as the death penalty. Somehow we get back around to how we prepare sermons, because we think that you're all interested in that. We talk about it a lot. <laughs> Whether you are or not, you know, it's in there. We make some jokes about Hillsong. We're sorry for those of you who really like the music. Yeah. And uh, Andy's wife. Like my wife, yeah. And, um, yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's what you're about to hear, and, and I think it's interesting. It's good to talk to you, Eric. Yeah, yeah. that's good. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can take a vote on Andy's replacement. That's that's also what oh, we talked yeah, about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a vote. For, um, He's I'm not, he I'm not be, trying to leave. Um, no, Eric's will he be looking for my replacement. Right. You'd just be in a long line of people who want to replace him. Oh, yeah. This, yeah, people are dying for this seat. <laughs> All right, enjoy. Check, check, check. All right, we're on. And there's a train coming, which Train's means coming. this is going to be a good podcast. That's right. Let's get political on Faith Over Breakfast <laughs> with Eric and Andy. Uh, Andy, for most of you who listen to this podcast, and because the train's going by, nobody cares. That was a solid train whistle. That is. And that means that Mission Church is irrelevant. Oh, right? yeah, it does? Because of the train. And I was just going to talk about it. Oh, But okay. who knows? What church are you pastor of? I don't know. No, whatever. Anyway, you're a pastor of Mission Church, along, we should say, with Nick, mm-hmm. um, your tatted buddy. Tatted buddy. Uh, who is, like, the most awesome man alive, but probably very tired. Uh, yeah. He, he usually is tired. He's, he's tired he, and awesome. Like, those are his two. Like, yeah. Tired. Tossum. Yeah, he's tossum most of the time. Yeah. And he's going to be even more tired uh, when, when that baby. little baby comes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, you, and you co-pastor uh, with a very tall, large man with a deep, deep voice who likes to eat a lot of breakfast. He loves breakfast. He's a yeah. breakfast man. Um, he's also a, uh, he prays a lot. Oh yeah, uh, like I think that's one of the definitive the things: is prayer in the hot tub. Yeah, he and Jesus get in the hot tub a lot. Yeah, that's what he says anyway. I've never actually seen Jesus in the hot tub with him. To be honest, I've never seen him in the hot tub. Uh, yeah, was. I don't know if I want to see them. Yeah, let's just let's move on. Let's just stop right there. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're we're here in Tucson, Arizona. I guess we should tell where we where pastored. We are. Yeah, yeah. We're and we're at EXO Coffee, which is a great little uh, coffee shop where you can in the morning get some food. Uh, in the evening, they they've got a they've got they're doing a lot of shows in, in right. the back here. Like a good good kind of Tucson. It fits. Fits the city. It fits the city very well, yes. which I love about it. And we're up in their loft that they graciously allow us to use, so that we can have breakfast and have breakfasty restaurant noises without having a lot of uh, well, where you can't hear blenders us. like every we're other. To avoid yeah, the blenders. Well, yeah, we tried another coffee shop that did a lot of blending. That yeah, that's worst. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, here we are. Yeah. So we should say though, like. A couple times we've talked about how we're just two pastors talking and we put a mic in front. Mm-hmm. But I would like to put a plug out there that if you enjoy this podcast, that you should go on iTunes and give it five stars. Because when you do that, other people who've never heard this podcast mm-hmm. will be more likely to find it. And we are, uh, you know, we're wanting to become nationally known as two pastors who sit over breakfast and say really awesome things. Mm. And everybody should listen. And you can help us do that. And, you know, maybe we'll someday have T-shirts and uh, things like that. Who knows? Oh, man. The problem is is that I was imagining we could, <laughs> we could, we could have yellow T-shirts. Nobody looks good in yellow. No. And no, that, they that really would don't. Be, that, that would be a good thing. We could do black with our Do we logo. look good now? No. So, so what difference does it make? Does it make any difference at all? <laughs> right. So, um, anyway... Yeah. Eric, this is this podcast is your plan for the future, isn't it? It you is keep, my you plan keep for the future. You, you're talking about nationally known, worldwide nationally known worldwide t-shirts. t-shirts. Except you know our audience is predominantly in Tucson and Phoenix and Japan. And uh, yeah, we got a few, few guys in Japan, but we try not to talk about you because you stopped listening to us. So we we want to keep you. Mm, mm. But um, yeah, so here we are, uh, like you said, up in XO. And you sent me a text, and you were like, hey, we should talk about the death penalty. Yep. 
and uh, yeah, happened. so yeah, so here you know it's um it's March twentieth. 2018 for those of you who will listen to this in about five years when you're going back through the inventory and um and it's oh by the way it's podcast number 35 number 35 yeah whoa whoa that's how old i am march 18 2018 this is an old podcast this is you are old i'm so old yeah well man halfway to 70 so this podcast is halfway to 70 episodes that's right Anyway, uh, yeah. So March twentieth. So what you know? There's a, we've got the opioid discussion going on in the good old U.S. of A. And uh, Donald Trump last night threw down you know the idea of the death penalty involved in uh, in dealing with the opioid crisis. So the, so it's in the news. But interestingly, outside of that, my buddy um, who you. Know, is clear, like, he does not listen to the news. Yeah. This is one of his big things. Um, he mentioned, he said, you guys should talk about the death penalty last night. And he said, even though it's not in the news, and then it turned out... It was in the it news. It was in the news. <laughs> yeah. So way to go, Cade. Oh, the um, one thing to say for Donald Trump is, you may not agree with him, but he certainly creates some conversations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's been so good for, for the news industry yeah. and probably, I guess... Yeah, Even for us, in a weird way, right? Well, and you know he's going to, that's what he's going to talk about, is how his presidency helped the news outlets make lots of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that he was key mm-hmm. to that. And I bet you he has investments in all of them. I bet he has shares of MSNBC and Fox. Scary, but impossible. <laughs> wow. That could totally be The man great. is a genius and a madman all uh-huh. at the same time, I have a suspicion. Which is so often the case, it right? Is, yes, the, ge- the geniuses are also madmen. Yeah. Oh, um, so right. Death penalty for people who distribute drugs. Yeah, you know, and he didn't. Drugs. He didn't. Of course, as as is the usual, um, didn't clarify yeah. anything. Nor is there any guarantee that this will ever come up again, or if it ever came up again, that he would really care to take it anywhere. It, um, nobody knows, but. But, and he didn't say exactly who it would be aimed at, but, you know, including, I think, he said, huh. you know, we were going to prosecute, we want to prosecute including the death penalty. So, um, so okay, so that's that's just, there's a firestorm around that. Will yeah. that help? And, of course, a bunch of people are saying, no, it won't help. People who risk their lives and deal with Mexican drug lords don't care if you decide to levy the death penalty. They're already under one at yes. all times, yes. basically. like. Um, so, there's that. But um, but we could talk about the death penalty. Itself. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's use this. Let's just forget the whole the whole uh, yeah. current, current discussion now. Well, let's just, just take talk a straw poll. A straw poll between a, you and I. So, are you pro death penalty for any kind of? Is there any time where you would say yes, the government should enforce the death penalty? Um. As as we've bumped into a lot of times, I don't have these crystal clear answers to these questions. But I I guess I would say if you were saying, is there any time I would say yes, you could I could be agreeable to the death penalty in certain circumstances, and I don't know exactly which ones they are, mm-hmm. um, and and there aren't any that are on my mind right now, right for myself. But I could see myself being persuaded to do that if I were on a jury. Gotcha. So I would say, as probably already know, that I, I do have crystal clear view on this, mm-hmm. at least in my own psychotic brain, mm-hmm. which is no. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's, I was thinking about this as I was driving down, and I thought a lot about it, but one of the things that fascinates me about the early church is just, it's Paul. And I think about the fact that he was at least an accessory to murder that we have recorded. Yep. And an accessory to murder puts you away for a long time. Well. Or can put you right. away, right? In, in, in our culture. But not only was he an accessory to murder, he was also just in general a violent person against the Christian sect. Now, I guess I should, I should say... I don't know if I would phrase it that way because I, I think his view, I think he realized he should not have done that and was repentant of that. Oh, yeah. But I don't think, I don't, at the time when he's doing it, he was working through the law 
in his mind. So, so murder would be when you go outside of like a process of law. Oh, I, I understand that. Right. So, but on the other side of it, you know, I mean, I think some of the people who have been killed by policemen in our country, mm-hmm. the yep. argument is that they yep. were acting in the process of the law. Absolutely. But no. at some point, the no. person has to have an internal moral, moral compass that says the law isn't moral. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, for, for sure. For Paul, he had to be hit by lightning or something on, on a donkey uh, and meet Jesus. But, uh, but all I say is that well, I, I, this got me off into a, like a tangent because I was like, I really do think, regardless of what Paul's thinking was and how he's operating under the law, I don't think in modern days we would we would struggle to talk about Paul being a pastor in a church. Mm-hmm. We would struggle to talk about him being an elder in our community mm-hmm. because of his previous behaviors. Right, and and I think that that's what's fascinating to me about the gospel is that it really is such a powerful tool and it is about becoming a new man and so anyway I don't know why I went off on that but I just think it's I, see, I see where you're going it's just hard for me I, I I would support the government I do not support the government I want to submit to the leaders I may say hey this is wrong you should not be doing this I, but I don't think it's hard for me like I don't when it comes to death penalty, I don't feel so strong that I would go and protest. Okay. And so strong that I would say, no, there aren't areas where you would be justified in saying, yes, you murdered this entire family right. and the penalty is death. Okay. I'm just not in favor of that being the kind of punishment because I don't want to be the person saying yes a life for a life. So I don't somebody want. else could say it. Yes, because somebody else's conscience is different. Right. And I don't find it to be a black and white issue. Right. Like, yeah. I certainly don't think you should be killing people for, I don't know. For opioid distribution. Opioid, yeah. Well, the, one of the great, one of the moments with one of the commentators, they said, so does this apply to the, to the drug company execs that have, like, made all of the, this available and yeah. overlooked it and that's a great question because if you're really going to get in, into like culpability and and distribute this out evenly like sure. you'd be killing a lot of uh, you know board members you would yeah yeah but let's just say outright somebody walks in and they kill somebody in their house then well, they're arrested and they're convicted mm-hmm. and now you sit on the jury and you have to decide right is this person live or die? Live or die. I don't want that decision. I don't think I can who, make that decision. Who would? Well, I mean, no, some people would. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I would not want that. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to decide if somebody has to pay a fine or not, you know? I just don't like deciding people's fate. I don't um, mind the, the fine. Yeah, you're fine with that? Yeah. yeah. It's just death. I don't death. <laughs> so a couple of things have crossed my mind on this one. One is like we are obsessed today, especially in our culture, and I, I would assume in a lot more, with the prolonging of life. Yes. And so that I wonder how that intersects with this discussion. Like how obsessed we we must live and we must live long. Hmm. Um. So I don't know. And then the other thing that, like, I kind of flashed back when this came up was I, I was listening to the news after the Boston Marathon bombing, and there was just this statement where, like, a lady had been there and had not been killed but had seen people get killed by yes. one of the bombs, right? Yeah. And had seen just the terror and the fear and, and everything. Um, and then, you know, the Sarnai brothers, was the, that was the name of them, right? in that situation. I forget the name of the brothers. But, um, yeah, there was a capture and um, one of them shot. And, and, right, like, very few of us look back at the brother who was shot and go, oh, no, you know. Yeah. And that's, is that not a death penalty that occurred? Um, Right. But 
but she said, I, it was an interesting statement. They said, what do you think should be the penalty for this? And she said, I am against the death penalty. She just said it clears day, but she said, but in this case, it wouldn't bother me because of what they did. Right. Mm. It was an interesting moment where, and I thought a very postmodern answer. It is a very (laughs) postmodern answer. And I thought, I'll bet it would have been different if she were in my shoes, just listening to it Mm -hmm. because I'm just listening I wasn't there she was there Mm -hmm. she saw death and pain and for no reason absolutely just no no reason other than just to inflict it to or to gain something for yourself like this would be a religious thing for me that I kill these people or whatever it was and and she just said in it was kind of like, she's like, in general, I think people should live, but if this person didn't get to live anymore, I don't think that would be a problem. Um, I just, I don't know. That's, I've thought about that a lot ever since. It's like the, the deeper, the closer you're impacted by something like that. Um, and there, another interesting situation is like the Dylan Roof situation where the um, Charleston... Um, you know, the people from the church offered forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's been the big story. But then the, the the continuation of that story is that Dylan Roof's shown absolutely no remorse, been very, like, uncomfortably dark mm-hmm. in response to their offers for forgiveness. And, like, that as time has gone on, some of those folks that offered forgiveness have kind of gone, like, okay, like, we offered it. And he just reacts with absolute darkness yes. toward it. And like something's, this is this is evil, mm-hmm. and that's and that's the that's the label, is this is evil, and um, and I I think some of them have gone like okay like when you offer somebody forgiveness like that and it doesn't even touch a touch a right. nerve in them, you know so then I I think some people are starting to think differently about that situation right. as well. Well, it, it's really interesting in how you understand authority. So just right. to bring it down to something more yeah. simple if I'm in your church <laughs> right which happens to be an elder run church which means that the congregation doesn't vote we tr- we elect yeah. there's different forms of, of this kind of thing but either elect yeah. or there's an apostolic appointment or whatever it is but there are these they elders elect at our church yeah. right and um, I don't I, I personally am like well I'm okay with that I'm okay with that authority yeah right I'm I'm okay with you making decisions about this building. Like, I don't, like, I'm following you. Like, I'm not, I don't need to have a position on that. Right. Um, because I trust you. Yeah. And so there's an element of when we start talking about the death penalty and we talk about justice. And courts. And, and courts. In America, we, we have a lot of us, followers of Jesus and not, believe at some level that there's some form of justice that's impartial in our culture, which I think is a stupid trust. Yeah. But it is what we believe. We believe that there's some kind of way to adequately judge people. And as a follower of Jesus, I'm called to respect my leaders right. and speak the gospel at them. But I don't know, like, I have to at some level be comfortable with the decisions they make. And the hard part is the counter discussion on this is that sometimes courtrooms are biased and judges and juries and they've wrongly convicted exactly. people. And that bothers me. It and, does. And it absolutely is true. Right? Like, no doubt. Right. And that, so, like, it's, that's the haunting thing is, like, can it go wrong? Yeah. Right. It, like. Well, we're in an unusual government. Yeah, we We, are. We could have just a king who's like, off their head. Okay. Right. Which, for much of history, right? Yes. And, and for much of human history, and we like to think ourselves to have progressed, and I think culturally today we, the, the going assumption is that we are at the pinnacle, the height of progression in society. And that's I think that's coming under question. It, maybe 30, 30 to 50 years ago we were more convinced of that than we are now. Mm-hmm. But, um, but if you think we've just progressed, then you look back on ancient governments and you go, well, that's because they were so, you know. Not enlightened. Unenlightened, yeah. Yes. And now that we are, we, we know best. But the other way to look at it is that there have been 
norms and that the, that humanity like maybe was on to something then that we've lost potentially that that's actually possible and um, and it seems like this idea of like the vet, like that people must live for as long as possible is I mean actually in, in many cultures even today like it'd be absolutely valiant to risk your life and yes. I, mean, I was watching human planet and there was this African nation where the the cattle herders um, you know get into these like duels with one another on purpose um, to like show that they are unafraid to be to die oh wow <laughs> you know and I look at that and I'm like I don't get it right I don't you know but they're purposely walking into a ring to contend with each other and and that is in their minds like showing that they are strong right and and we look at that and go, it's easy to go like, oh, that's ridiculous. But but they don't the the living forever. I think they would rather die in strength, right, than live on in weakness. And we we would live as long as possible. Yeah, I think. Okay. Is one of those right, or are we or do we have some, are we onto something and they're onto something? And well, I think built into us is this innate uh, thing of like. Of ranking each other, yeah, and, and even that's not in a world where and and, and who's stronger and and how you kind of and how fix, you define that fix the hierarchy of it, and there is like sort of a survival of the fittest that mm-hmm. is built into the the nature of who we are. I mean, you can I, you can walk into your church, and if someone was said, "All right, right now, rank everybody from most popular to least popular," innately you would do you could do it probably. And, and and you could go ask anybody else that, and they would have a different right. like, ranking of where they put themselves. But we all do it, even if we're not processing it. We're doing it. Where do I fit? Who's at the top? Who's at the bottom? Who's the more know. popular pastor on this podcast? Yeah, who's the more popular? <laughs> well, thankfully, you are because your daughter is here. So like, it's only three I votes. Have, and I have one voted. fan, right? You got but one she, fan. But she spotted you out at Bookman. I was a celebrity. That was a pretty, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm so a celebrity. She doesn't say anything Sorry. about spotting me. <laughs> She spots you all the time, though. Yeah, well, I didn't get a hug. That's true. Right. I mean, I let's let's I be honest. Great, I got did, a great yeah, daughter hug. You did get a great daughter hug. Um, but anyway, I don't even know where we're going. I just think that, like, um, yeah, I don't even know where. Like, the death penalty is, I'm not for it. I think that Jesus says, turn the other cheek. I says, when, when, when a man comes at you, like, like, there's a sense of, you know, even when Peter slices off the ear of the attendant Jesus right. like I'm not here for this he heals yeah. the ear like yeah. he's not here for swords and I understand that and I, I would I would in that say like for sure like that is not the goal of the church right but you know then there's the whole you know Paul and the, the government bears the sword it does bear and, the sword and so there's that's the discussion isn't like ought the church to be um deciding such things but should the laws and the courts of government wield that sword not just the sword of deterrence but the sword of punishment it's kind of interesting because I mean for what for the first 300 (laughs) years of of Christianity we we as a people were slaughtered by the Romans and so much so that like but we found that to be honorable that there was a point in Christian history when the leaders were like stop we, mm. You cannot volunteer for martyrdom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it'd be, yeah, it was absolutely. Well, and then back, like, I've read Reformation history, and it kind of came back again. Oh, where, yeah. Like, it was like, people were almost like, you almost questioned their faith. Like, do they really believe in Jesus, or are they just trying to get martyred? Right, I, and I'm for, not quite sure. For when, real, like, that yes. was a thing. Uh-huh. Like, people were, like, lining up to for martyrdom, and there was a question of, is this about them or God? Right. Because dying for a good cause was valiant. Yes. Uh huh. Yep. And we do not have that in our culture. No. Like we Living we don't for even a valiant causes. Yeah. <laughs> Tweeting for a valiant cause, but to die, <laughs> like we, uh, yeah, we just, yeah, we don't. I mean, I remember. Thing, I, I went and um, I studied at a, a school, like a, a high social justice. Uh, by high, I mean like, like deeply committed to social justice kind of ministry school in Chicago, and you know I bumped into a lot of like, a lot of people who are pacifistic or whatever. But I had one professor who had spent solid time in prison, 
um, because he was against the the nuclear. Yeah, you know, he was against nuclear war, and so he had made it his mission with friends to enter into government facilities. They learned how to disarm nuclear warheads, and they snuck into as many as they could and disarmed them. Um, and he was arrested <laughs> and imprisoned right. for that, and uh, and then got out and you know was teaching. And so the interesting thing, like I kind of pushed back on him, like, so why aren't you doing it anymore? So you got arrested, and now you're done. And it was kind of tough, because it was like, well, uh, yeah, like, I don't want to go back to jail. Uh, am I as good to the world in jail? And it's like, well, so you believed in it till, till you had to go to jail, and now you don't believe in it anymore? But I still remembered thinking, like, of all the people I bumped into who are pacifistic, this guy actually, for a good chunk of his life, like, took major risk to be pacifistic instead of just like blabbing about it. It seems kind of militant pacifist, which is almost a contradiction in Uh itself. Well, so... Because you're imposing your will on somebody else, which I think in pacifism you're saying I'm not going to impose my will on other people. Well, except, so think about this situation. So the, we've got the, the policeman and the, the unarmed man, right? Yes. And... Somebody runs in from the outside and stands between the policeman and the unarmed man and says, no, you're going to have to shoot me first. Yeah. That's pacifism, but it's inserting yourself. It's militant pacifism. Yes. Like, don't, I don't we, believe. You don't. You would not do that. Like, if, about, if somebody's about to get unjustly shot, you would not enter in for well, that cause. That's a hard question because uh, militant... Pacifism. Like, I, I think I would tackle the cop before I would stand in front of the... So I, yeah. But that's still mil- <laughs> That's even more military. But and then, like, what? Gosh, you're asking me, like, I'd have to determine, is this an unjust thing? Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But you're, there you are in the moment. Like, I mean, that's where this guy was, is he was like, I think these type of weapons are going to be deployed against people. And, like, I can stand by and say that it's wrong, or I can do something about it. It's kind of like the Dietrich Bonhoeffer question. Right, right. I mean, it. it's... I mean, it's what Martin Luther King was asking for. He was saying, you you must enter in and do something. I think the answer is, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. And here's why. Like, I would want to become the person who is unjustly shot in the sense that, like, I don't have a problem holding hands with people who are protesting violence and saying we have the right to go to this place and we're going to stand here but we're not going to act violently right. but like I think the scene again of Jesus and, and Peter is Peter is in violence but, but, he, in but he's the perpetrator form, right? but he's, in some form of resistance he's trying to to, to resist the offensive instead of just uh-huh. allowing it to happen yeah no, that's true um, and so I mean, yeah, what? there's there's a fine line there though because it's still so we have friends in, in um, who were a part of a counter protest in Phoenix mm-hmm. and they and it's one that I love I love the story because they um, they basically there was a pro, you know going to be a really fairly militant protest against Islam and there were going to be you know bikers and guns and yelling and screaming and they went and they gave water to the pro t- to the people who were yelling and screaming and gave them a listening ear since they determined that they must have wanted to be heard right, right. and they um, and they stood in between them and you know one of the guys that um, is you know acquaintance of mine you know he he kind of joked with him he said hey I'm, I'm a fat guy and so just shoot me it's I'm a way easier person to shoot than these other people so if you decide to shoot somebody just go ahead and shoot me in your in your shirt to, to hit somebody and kind of like made the angry people like it kind of caught them off guard like where they were almost smiling at that and it was and they really diffused the situation and so i thought that was a beautiful peaceful protest but it still was militant in a certain sense where it wasn't just standing by and saying hey i trust the authorities with this it was like we entered in we got in the middle we did something, but we did peaceful things instead of right. And I don't that I agree with. I guess the, that just small example of the gun. And I, I feel like I'd, I'd have to. Yes, I would stand in front of the person if I had the sense that this was a purely unjust thing, and a policeman was about to shoot somebody for no apparent reason. 
So, but, so let's but, let's work out the nuclear warhead on a smaller yeah. with a gun. So so you hear of a plan mm-hmm. where a person has a gun mm-hmm. and they are going to go and they are going to kill somebody. But they're not a government entity. So we're going to have to. Uh, let's say they are. Let's policeman. say it's a policeman who who you know has a, a grudge against a certain ethnicity and they're like I am going to then yes I'll stand in front of them and 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 in the, I, the case of this professor I had like you would would you go and just take his magazine of bullets so he when he went out he didn't have any bullets and he couldn't do it. that's what this this guy viewed himself as doing is I take the warhead off I take like away me, the bullets that's like me saying okay well I'm gonna head to sneak into the Roman camp and I'm gonna remove all the wheels from their catapults. I mean, like, aren't there some there's some Old Testament stories of some stuff like that? Like, I guess in the early church's view of pacifism is where I kind of fall, is that they even allowed you to be in the military as long as you were in a support right. status. So they didn't have a problem with the military exerting its violence. They were just, if you were a follower of Jesus, yeah. you can't exert violence. And today, today we would, if somebody drove the car for the robbery, we would say, you're just as guilty because yes. you enabled it. Yeah. And that... Right. I mean, I think the early church had some. Well, they they had I they were onto something, but we can critique them. I think they were caught up, though. I mean, the Roman government. Yeah. I mean, that's where the money was. I mean, in some yeah. ways, it was the yes. stability of the government, and so asking all of these people to completely leave. They don't get their jobs, and they're st- right. You're so inviting was, them into poverty. So there was some uh, conflict of interest, in a way. Yeah, I mean you. And then, of course, Constantine comes around, and and all uh, and the Christians all flip and. It took them some time. It took some time. Yeah, yeah. Not like overnight. But yes. No, it wasn't. But but, but eventually the church embraces, and then all that. of a sudden the person slaughtering you says, "Yeah, like let's let's give you some peace and make you the official religion." Yeah. I, <laughs> hey, in America, that's tempting, right? Like, well, it don't, is. Don't. But a lot of people we know want what you were Christianity saying? to be the official religion. Jesus, like <laughs> I would much rather live after Jesus died yeah. than before Jesus died. Yeah. Because yes. I, I think. We live in a world now that actually understands love in a different way than it ever has, and that's because of Jesus. Yeah. And the good things of America and the bad things of America are because of Jesus. I mean, because of the scriptures. Yeah, people under... Well, today we don't realize just how much the principles of Christianity have shaped our society and our the things that we assume yes like even stuff like due process and, mm-hmm. and we we have little grasp on how much christianity shaped that and if you took away all the assumptions that christianity provided how you'd have no philosophical background for yes. holding to these views at all yeah. yes the ethics of yeah. the, the of the you know the liberal side and the ethics of the conservative side of our country yeah. are all because of Christian right. ethics. Yeah. There are it's not because of Muslim or Buddhist or any Hindu ethics. It is because of Christian ethics that have been developed over the yeah. last 2000 years. Yeah, you see people inconsistently holding strong ethical positions all over the place who yeah. will say that there's no god, but we need to be kind to each other and we ought to love each other and sacrifice for others and you go, wow, like based on what? Exactly. Survival of the fittest, right? Because that sounds like, I mean, survival of the fittest doesn't provide us with any of those. Ethics. Right. Well, it's very unstable because the only reason I'd love you is so that we can survive. But as soon as you that's, and that's my using, survival, yeah, then you're gone, buddy. Yeah, and that's and that's uh, it's absolutely selfish to love somebody for your own yeah. purposes. I mean, I feel Yikes. like you've been bringing down the podcast, and I've been working on other guests and other co-hosts, right? Because you've kind of gotten weak looking and sort of feeble your voice isn't as loud as it used to be so yeah I'm kind of nasally nasally yeah you could find a way better co-host yeah I think so I mean see that's and you're bigger than me so you could make that happen yeah but you're faster than me so you can get away (laughs) with the mic (laughs) and I do own the mic which is some power so that right so you've got you have your own mic I do have my own mic yeah anyway (laughs) interesting Well, okay. So now we've uh, unpacked that and concluded nothing in nothing particular. Nothing in particular. Let's talk about how Hillsong is going to kill us all. Hillsong is going to... Because they're bigger. Back to Hillsong. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. They're global. <laughs> There's some reality to that, my friend. There is some reality to that. Yeah. Maybe we should take a straw poll of our churches. Uh-huh. And just say on a Sunday... We- 
All right, so all of you know Hillsong's coming. Let's just see a raise of hands. How many of you are leaving? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to get you in trouble. I'm sorry. Yeah, you are. I know. Because <laughs> I've had the Hillsong conversation follow-up that you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the only follow-up I had was to tell my wife, and she rolled her eyes. Rolled her eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, it's... It's, um, my wife actually, like, really likes Hillsong music. Mm. So I could see her, her rolling her eyes, but then kind of going, like, but then again, like, it would be really nice. (laughs) 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 Being like, yeah, she would be like, technically, I know, like, you know, it should be all about local churches, but if only, you know. Well, that's kind of how I feel about Walmart. (laughs) I hate them. Oh, man. But, oh, man, there are some cheap things I can get there I really need. Yeah, you know what? I I also stated last time that I hate Walmart, but there are moments where I am like, say I'm tire shopping, mm-hmm. and then I realize that Walmart offers this set of tires for $100 less, same tires, I will crack the door of Walmart in that moment, which is very hypocritical. It is. Yeah. I'm sorry. I hate to even <laughs> speak of this on like publicly. This is going to wreck me. <laughs> The downfall of Andy Littleton as a pastor. <laughs> the truth. The truth. He does go to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Our national audience is just going to go down. Yeah. Uh, it's very rare, but it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at least I think I can count on my one hand how many times I go to Walmart per year. Yeah, same here. It's usually... But, you, but I have to repeat the fingers. Yes. I'm just kidding. I don't. No, I don't think I can. I, you can count anything on one hand. Yes. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, back. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Multiplication, addition. Yeah. yeah I understand. <laughs> count your knuckles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, so can much for that. Yeah, Hillsong 2. I don't know. They had this. Uh, they had their meeting. How'd it go? Did you hear? I have no idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I you weren't know. there? I wasn't there. You weren't there? No. I didn't feel... I did go look at the uh, form. Like, you said there was uh-huh. a form. So I thought, oh, I'll go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Did you put yourself on there as, like, a potential pastor? <laughs> potential pastor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I didn't. Actually, I forgot about it. Um, but I'm just deep in a building project. I'm yeah, you you know. are deep in a building project. And you guys are trying to get in by Easter. Yeah, is we that, are. Is that going to happen? Well, we have one bathroom with toilets that work. Okay. And so that's that's really positive. That's a positive move. Um, we knocked a portion of brick wall out on Saturday. That okay. Was one of, we're getting down to, like, the really dusty things are over. Okay. Um, some electrical circuits are connected okay. as of yesterday that were not. And so I'm feeling it's, I think it can happen. It's going to be a big push. It's been a very long and tiring process it's been fun yeah um but then the thing that kind of got me down today when i thought about it was like we're talking about moving in but we won't be complete what's going to be hard is to like move in and go oh we're here and then go and there's a lot more to do yeah (laughs) i'm sure you guys it took two years (laughs) and it was slow i mean like getting back to it when there's that push like we have to move out right like there's something about that that yeah. You just get it done, but once yeah. that's gone. And once you've got it, I mean, we had to put an entire ceiling in. Right. And that was just like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Vaulted ceilings. And yeah. We started hiring out because we were just like, I can't do this. this is... We've hired out some, and then the question, I mean, we're just budget-wise on this build-out. We're like in the, it's like our margin is so small. Mm. And so we're always kind of asking, like, do we need to hire that out? Can we? Is that even possible? You know? And so, yeah, we're down to... We're down to the last, like, ten days here, so... Wow. It's, it's insane. So are you just canceling all meetings and just cranking it? Uh, you... Mostly. Yeah? Yeah. I mean... Are your sermons, like, three points of building <laughs> Jesus built? <laughs> so, and Nick, 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 like, admitted during his sermon that he didn't prep very well. Um, and he was... I mean, to his credit, he did he did a ton of, like, he did a ton of extra work on the building besides all that he does, and so I completely understand. Um, 
but so what happens with him and I both I think is if we haven't prepped well we preach long oh goodness yes uh -huh. the longer you the, the prep. less prep the longer you preach <laughs> so I think it's oddly been that our people have been enduring uh, longer sermons lately because of how busy their pastors have been so. yeah well, that's good so you know we just just got to get an hour of Melchizedek on cool. uh, last Sunday <laughs> wow that's a long one. An hour of Melchizedek. Multiple sermons? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure. Like, in, in light of what we were saying yes. about Mark Driscoll, yeah. Just going Multiple sermons. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. But it's, uh, I mean, uh, I'm on I'm on this week, and, you know, it's, it, yeah. Normally, like, Monday's a big prep day for me, and there's nothing. I didn't have time Monday. So I'm, I have to, like, squeeze in little pockets of, of prep. I kind of, I did, like... I mean, it's, I'm not like just beginning to think about this passage, but but the week of there's a, a normal rhythm for me that's all messed up right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I have short amount of time, I really do sort of revert to the the Andy Stanley yeah. version of me well, we me we God we you. Yeah. Like right. sometimes you got to you're like I don't have or you we yeah. yeah I don't have time and I've got 500 things so today we're just gonna go with the basics and you the, the sad thing about that. Because usually people are like, that was one of your best servers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh yeah, when I've, I've, <laughs> I've had a, or for me what's happened is like I've done a lot of prep and I hate it. And like Sunday morning I just like delete it. I'm just like, no, this is terrible. Wow. And I'll throw together in like an hour something just different. And I'm like, that was, that's sad. It's sad I did that unbelievable. It's not like I haven't thought about it because I have a, in those situations maybe a lot. But I'll just be like, it's sad that I just put together an outline and, and filled in the gaps in one hour. That's terribly irresponsible of me. Um, and those are often the weeks where somebody, people are just like, man, you were just like on fire, on fire today. Like, that yeah. was so good. So let's talk what? about that for a second. Because I started out, you know, yeah. probably five years younger than you. So at 35, I've been doing speaking for five years. Um, and still trying to figure out what my voice was even then yeah. as a speaker. Yeah. Um, and I had this sense that like you need to put in like a good thirty hours. Like that's all that what the pastors that I lived yeah. under. I've heard twenty. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. twenty, whatever, twenty, a good amount, of time. and you feel guilty if you don't. Oh yeah. And you feel like you're not addressing the word of God right. as dumb. I, I still believe that that's maybe an idol. Of yeah. the culture that I was in, um, I'm sure we we idolize rhetoric. We idolize um, well, public and, speaking and good outlines. Well, yeah, and and the amount of study and and the, I know what I like when I started speaking to people who didn't grow up in church. Yeah, the way they analyze what you were saying and how they understand it versus yeah when people yeah. in church. So when people yeah. who have grown up in church, they analyze them like. Like how in depth you analyze the text itself, yeah. how you're teasing out the depth of those things, how you're finding some new insight that nobody's ever seen before. Yeah, which, oh, that felt like a high uh, demand, a huge. De yeah, like if if you just said things that have already been noticed and you don't have something profoundly different, right? So, like now, how much time do you put in? And at what point do you feel comfortable, like, oh, I've put in enough time? At what point do you feel like you don't put in enough time? That's a good question. I don't, I don't necessarily, like, clock it. Like, I don't have blocks, but I do have, I've got a bit of a process. And so, on a, I, we've got our topics out for the year, so I know yeah, it's coming. So do we. Um, and then I, on a Monday, I like to, I like to outline, like, how am I going to take this from A to Z? Like, what's what's the text say and what do we need to say to these folks out of it like I try to have that basic and how long does that take you usually so that can take sometimes honestly and this is the interesting thing with yesterday uh, my wife yesterday had to, was Monday <laughs> yeah and which and I didn't really get time to do it but I felt like this is kind of a little gift because my wife woke up early um, earlier than usual to get ready for work and I couldn't go back to sleep once she woke up but like it came to me Seriously, like I was just laying there in bed, like half asleep, cuddling with Benji the dog, and I just was like, "I know how, I know how I'm going to lay this out." Like I just can't. Yeah. I just, and I wasn't even in a state of mind to like do that. I was half, and and I actually grabbed my phone and just like t 
typed in a note to myself and saved it. Um, so and that was that took ten minutes. Sometimes that happens, like where it's just like, oh, this right, I this see it falls all off. And other times, like I can come back to it several times during the day and spend like six hours and it's just not clicking. Wow. And okay. that's rare, but it happens yeah. to where I'm just like. Well, what would Ugh. you say the average is putting that initial thing? A couple in. hours on a Monday. Yeah, a couple hours on Monday. So then, what do you do next? So then um, Tuesday, I what I'll do is I'll uh, I'll do a little. I'll know kind of where I need to like dig and research a little. Like maybe I'm unsure about. Am I saying is that thing I'm is that thought I had true? And I'll kind of dig in a little and like look a little deeper into the text and and maybe you know read somebody else's writing on the topic or something. Or if there's something really like one time when I was doing the salt and light thing, mm-hmm. I had a big question about you know like because I'd seen this scientific something about salt I'd read in a book about right. the desirability of it and how it's built in right and I was like is it light that way and I didn't really know so I did this on, on a Tuesday I just kind of hunted into like the desirability of light okay and some really interesting stuff came out of like some architectural digests and whatever so like on a Tuesday I might I'll study in like commentaries or I might just follow a train of thought okay and I tend to just jot some little notes down I don't really put them into the sermon outline then on like on Wednesday Wednesday and or Thursday I try to like take some of that and drop it into the into the outline I created then um, Friday I try to well oh sorry Wednesday I drop Wednesday I drop it into the outline Thursday I try to make it flow right and then Friday Saturday I try to walk away from it and then I look over it one more time on on Sunday Sunday afternoon so that uh, it could so you got three hours on, the, and then the Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, those might be one to two hour chunks. Okay, and so it just varies. I mean, I I'd say I'd probably have like 10, 10 to fifteen hours. Ten to fifteen hours. Okay. Wow. I don't know. Something. Like that. Cool. That's a, yeah. that's a process. Uh huh. And it usually repeats. And I like just in my life. That's I like the way you do it. I, yeah, I like rhythm. I like rhythm. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, so I obviously like you guys. We have it all set out. Um, so I have the text, and what yeah. I tend to do is re- have that text in my head. So I've mm. read it a few times on Monday, and yeah. I let that. But I don't yeah. do anything on Monday. With yeah, it. I just, just the, marinate. It's marinating. The text itself is just playing around in my head, and then on Wednesdays I will sit down for six hours mm-hmm. and begin to do all that you're doing over that process yeah. of putting out an outline and putting out the ideas that I'm going to do, get my notes all jotted down, and then I leave it for Thursday, and I leave it Friday, and I leave it Saturday, I don't touch it. Yeah. Then Sunday morning I get up at like 5.30, and I drive to my famous restaurant, you know, coffee shop, Brigger's, and for uh-huh. two hours I lay it out until I get so frustrated with myself because I, I need to talk. <laughs> right. And then I drive over to the church about at 8. I'll speak it once. Oh, yeah. Sit down and jump the, the transitions out. So, like, I want to hear how my transitions are working. Hmm. And then if there's any slides, I'll work the slides out. And then I will present it again. Wow. And if it's yeah. rough that time, I'll present it one more time. So, I have it three times so that I have no notes. Oh, yeah. And, and so, I have it memorized and I can and move from there. And I've got, um, and I used to have really long notes. I've simplified them a bit. Actually, a lot cut them down by like two I took like two thirds off of what I so I've got a lot less I've just got bullets um, but I do not rehearse it I, I found that like that that's what changed me as a speaker yeah. and it's interesting I, I'm pretty sure Josh Reich does not listen to this podcast but if he does <laughs> hey Josh would he and I like when I first met him uh-huh. he was trying to figure out stuff and I said dude just go present your sermon you know go practice it yeah and he like emailed me back a couple weeks later he was like this has changed my preaching yeah you know and for him it was really good because he was just struggling with having like what kind of stage presence should I have how do I kind of articulate things you know and so it's just for out loud processors mm. you gotta hear yourself yeah I hate hearing myself. I think if I rehearsed it and listened to it, I'd be like, oh, no, this can't happen. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and, and... I'm just kidding. It, 
I actually started getting used to my voice until I like hearing myself preach. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's, it's nice. Maybe you'll learn something. Yeah, I do. I learn a lot from myself. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I forgot that God was telling me that. I need to kind of read it. I do. Uh, yeah, I go back. I'm a, I'm a very forgetful person. And I'll go back and listen to things that I did a couple weeks ago or something and be like, oh, that was, that was a good point. I need to really <laughs> I'm like, oh, practice shoot. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that impacted my life that way. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, I think it's time to call it a day. Thanks for joining us for Faith Over Breakfast. And uh, again, thanks, XO, for your loft space we get to use. And uh, we appreciate you all. Go ahead and uh, rate us, if you remember, on uh, on iTunes. Um, and uh, share it around. Um, we'd love to, We'd love to. you know, have more people join the discussion. So, appreciate it. 